Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dykelicious podcast that we know that you've all been waiting very long for. I'm Leah. And I'm Casey. And we're very happy to have you here. Today is a very special day. We are talking about queer women in sports. Yes, very fun topic. It is a very fun topic. And we hope that you guys are going to enjoy it and maybe even learn some things about some very cool lesbians. Yeah, we've got some good queer people to talk about. Olympic level world champions. World champion quiz. Um, just a little update for everybody. My circumstances have changed slightly. I'm no longer in Paris and we are no longer recording in the same room, which That's is very sad. So please, please hold your tears. So yeah, I'm now in uh, living in Delhi in India and I moved here with my girlfriend. Mm, and I am having a wonderful time. So how um, how's your gay life going in India? How, how gay was your day today? Well, I mean, as you can imagine, every day in India is a very gay day, at least for me. So this morning, I woke up and read the newspaper in bed with my girlfriend, which, by the way, is, is a daily occurrence and it's actually very cute. Do you get it delivered to your home? Yeah, we do. Actually, the guy just like... We're on like the third floor and the guy just like fucking lobs it up onto the terrace. So sometimes it's there and sometimes it kind of bounces back and falls back down to the ground. Right. And so this morning it was just on the terrace, which was nice. I didn't have to walk too far. But yeah, anyway, so we get the newspaper delivered. So we were, we were reading that this morning. And then I had to take my bike to the garage, which was a bit of an ordeal. And actually, it needs a little bit of work done. So, I mean, I think that's pretty gay. I mean, I was stood next to the mechanic looking and watching at what he was doing and just being like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what that means. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> ah, this needs to be ja- Ah, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that so many times. <laughs> and that's been pretty much my day. I haven't really done much else. So, I mean, I think that's pretty gay. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty good level of gay. Side note, um... I actually used to have a job as a newspaper delivery person. No way. Is that why you asked? You're like, I'd fucking get that newspaper on the terrace every day without fail. When I was 12, I used to have a paper run on like a Sunday morning where I went oh, around no. the neighborhood. I shared the job with my brothers and uh, yeah, um, saw the papers and got tips. People gave you tips? Yeah. By the end of the like two hours I had enough money to buy a couple of ice creams fair enough all right yeah it's solid money for a 12 year old yeah well for sure I mean personally I would have bought some Tim Tams but if ice cream is the way you want to go that's fine Tim Tams are not cheap <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go great so now your bike is in back in repairs my bike is in repairs but hopefully it'll be ready tomorrow and then this weekend I think we're thinking about taking a trip to Jaipur which would be quite nice Oh, nice. How gay was your day? So actually, I had a bit of a gay day with my girlfriend recently, where we were walking down the street and we've been out having dinner and we were coming home and we were holding hands. And this man in his like 50s, like this oldish man, stopped us and was like, okay, I just need to ask you guys a question are you lesbians? 
And we were like, what? Like, what? what's happening here? And he's like, no, I need to know. Like, why are you holding hands? Are you lesbians? And we were like, fuck off. And we kept walking and he was shouting after us. So like, I need to understand this. This is so bizarre. It's such so strange, but. Well, who was this man? I don't know. Somebody very curious about whether he'd just seen a real life lesbian out in the world. Out in the world. Yeah, man. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, are you guys lesbians? <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't tell do you. Do you stop the them and verify? Like, do you, are you carrying your gay card today? I mean, it depends. Sometimes there's eye contact, and then I just know. You know, <laughs> we've been through this before. Season one, I think it's episode two or three. Not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, that felt like a, a very gay day moment. But what the fuck, man? Like, was he asking in a nice way or? A, no, like he a, wasn't. No, it was just it was very like aggressive by the sounds of it. It was quite aggressive and just like a weird street harassment. Very strange. But did he follow you for far, for like for a while? No, my girlfriend shouted at him quite a lot and then he got of scared. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if it's not me, it's her. What of us? Win for the lesbians. <laughs> Attack us in the streets and we'll take you down. Oh, yeah, we will. Yeah. I'm sorry that that happened. Though. Yeah, but it just made it just kind of made me think that like gay day doesn't always mean shooting rainbows. It is yeah, also true. just like getting stupid comments here, there, and uh, everywhere as you're just trying to like walk home, like and live your life, live your live your normal lesbian life. No, I mean it's really shit. I'm sorry that that happened to you guys. I hope that you're okay. Mm. Yeah, it was fine. It was survived. But life in Paris, say la vie. Hopefully tomorrow is going to be a better day and there's not going to be any lesbian harassing men around the road. Hopefully it will be lesbians harassing men rather than... <laughs> Can you imagine? We just it's going to be you and his girlfriend just like out there. She'd be like, what are you looking at? Can roll up your sleeves and show off your gun. I'll fucking take you, mate. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, back to the topic. Yes. Topic being queers in sport. We have a very interesting lineup today, which actually I'm very excited about. Uh, we've been doing our research as always, mm -hmm. and I think we've come up with some very, very nice little bits of research. Yes, I'm excited to share my research. Excited to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a question for you, Casey. Do you have any funny experiences with any sports that you've ever tried? Or any les lesbian experiences, anything of the sort? Um, I mean, as a teenager, most of my sports was like, I did a lot of swimming. Mm -hmm. Not that not that gay. Okay. I don't know. Like you get to see everybody half naked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did, yes, you do. I don't know. Like I feel like the, the sports that I did, were usually solo sports because I was too shy to work on a team. Oh, I was always scared. I was always scared I'd let the team down. You'd but never let the team down. Not very coordinated, but I'm sure you'd be great with organisation. You go here, you do this, you do this. No, but I think um, that you, I think that you would make an excellent sports teammate. Probably have the energy for a team sport, but I don't know that I'd have the skills to follow through. So no, just... but practice makes perfect, doesn't it? And you don't need to be great. You could do it for fun. It's all win, lose, I'm an extremely one. competitive person, though, so I don't know if I could just do it for fun. 
I know. I have seen you playing cards with my mum. Oh man, do you? I did have I did have fun. I hope she did too. <laughs> I think that she she has a little bit of a resentment against you for that, actually. Casey just wiped my mum out when we were playing cards at Christmas and my mum still to this day is very upset. It was fair and square, Mandy, if you're listening. <laughs> I, I hope she's not me. listening. <laughs> Mandy, turn this off. Go back. Put on the TV. Put your feet up, love. Don't listen to this. <laughs> anyway, what about you? Have you had any um, queer experiences or sports? I mean, not really. I used to play football when I was younger. So every single Saturday we'd be out playing football at nine o'clock and it would be great. And mm -hmm. to be honest, like, I mean, I was pretty young. I think I was probably like nine or 10 when I started playing mm -hmm. because I'm professional and uh, <laughs> I definitely kept that up. I was pretty good if I don't mind myself saying, but it wasn't for the women. If that's what your next question is going to be, it was totally innocent and I just really enjoyed the game. Oh, really? Did you have any favorite team um, members? Actually, no, like my sister actually used to play on one of the teams with me when I got a little bit older. So we would play like she would play the goalie and I would be like the the midfielder. And actually, it was really fun. But it was just it was just a nice game. Like it was there was nothing gay about it. I'd, I'd love to say that it was a different experience. But unfortunately, it's not one that I've had. That's all right. Maybe I should join a team now. Yeah, see what happens. Look, speaking of stories, mm. I do actually have one to share. Okay, because I uh, was talking about this topic to a friend and she very generously shared a very gay story. Okay. That's um, a very gay experience from her end. Do you want me to read it too? I would absolutely love that. So this is from my friend. Should we give her a name? Do you want to choose a name for my friend? Shaniqua. So here we go. When Shaniqua was in high school, she had a huge crush on a girl who played in the local football team. Okay. So she was in the same year at the same high school that Shaniqua attended, and she was 100% her type. So sporty, short hair, and very mask. Okay. Shaniqua had only recently come out, and her best friend, also gay, well, very lucky. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, and very aware of the crush on this girl, came up with the perfect strategy. Okay. So the two of them would try to join the local girls football team so that she could very casually get to know this hot crush and her friend could meet some equally hot queer girls too. Okay. Full this is a solid plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid plan. It is. So while this sounded like the perfect plan, there was uh, one small issue. Neither Shaniqua nor her friend had ever played football before mm -hmm. and the team her crush played in was supposed to be fairly good. Okay. Okay, small hurdle, small, very yeah, small. I'm sure they can get over it. Okay, undefeated. The friend and her thought up the backup plan. The crush always had a cigarette during school break. Yeah, so right. much for underage smoking and also this healthy young football player <laughs> smoking, smoking on the school break. Well, I hope that she's learned her lesson. Well, I hope so. So all that Shaniqua would have to do would be to very casually ask for a cigarette. Mm -hmm. very casually is highlighted here i mean i can see some some little flaws in this tiny little backup plan i can see the sparks flying <laughs> um <laughs> except that this time it was her own awkwardness that got in the way not only did she stumble on every word she said while asking the girl for a cigarette but she was suddenly very self-conscious <laughs> oh, no. and she legged it before she could even light the cigarette 
Needless to say, (laughs) needless to say, she spent the best part of the following two weeks trying to hide from her crush, which, however, might have been eventually for the best because she found out later on that despite her good looks, she was a conservative Catholic and a raging homophobe. Oh, yeah. No, we don't like her. We don't like this. I think everything works out how it needed to work out. So the moral of the story is that sometimes it's better to crush on some people from afar but also, and most importantly, to not read a book by its cover or a lesbian by her football attire. <laughs> that was very beautifully written as well. I am wondering, though, uh, what happened to Plan A? Did she ever try out for the football? Did she not? I've never seen Shanika in a football kit. so I haven't either, so I'm imagining that it probably didn't go very far. That dream did not come to fruition, sadly. Um, wow, thank you very much, Shaniqua, for, for sharing that very personal, um, tragic story with us um, and gives you another reason, uh, everybody that's listening, not to go for conservative Catholic um, homophobes. Double check before you try out for the football team. Yes. Is it fucking worth it? Yeah, man, it's not. I can probably tell you that right now. I mean, unless you genuinely enjoy the game. <laughs> I have the skills. And if you enjoy the contacts, then you'd probably go for a sport such as wrestling or rugby, where it's more full on. Yeah, football is very hands off. I mean, it is until they accidentally fall on top of each other and they tumble around for a minute because they've hurt each other or they've hurt their foot or something. Mm, mistakes happen. Oops, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just touched your ass <laughs> so accidentally. <laughs> oh, la, la. Right. Do you remember, Casey, when you were growing up, did you have any kind of daikon sports players in your subconscious i don't know about daikons but there were some women that i looked up to we had kathy freeman in australia legendary runner i mean i could probably name a few tennis stars because i did play tennis for a while singles um, or doubles singles baby (laughs) (laughs) yeah to be honest like as a teenager or as a child as a young woman young girl I probably only knew like Kathy Freeman's name as if you asked me to name a female athlete. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really follow sports that much to begin with, but I could, like, I could name heaps of male athletes. It's true, actually. I think I could probably, I could definitely name more male athletes than anything else, Hmm. at least back then. I hope that now it's changed. Well, I hope so. I mean, well, fucking sports players are just everywhere. It's like you can't get away from them. Yeah, that's pretty serious. Pretty serious topic. Mm. Um, mm. As is this one. Speaking of male sports people, uh, when I was growing up, I was like obsessed with David Beckham. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's funny because me and Casey both watched David Beckham's new documentary uh, last week and we were having a chat about it. And it's just popped back into my head. And um, I think... Because in England, obviously, like, he was so popular. Then the movie came out, Bend It Like Beckham. Oh, really? Yeah, and that was around the kind of time, I think, maybe just before or just after that I was coming out and, like, realising, like, that I'm gay. And so I fucking, I, th- I think I've seen this movie, like, I don't know, like 20, 30 times. Get your lesbian feet out of my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> don't they make the Lebanese joke then? She's like, no, yeah, they do. She's not Lebanese. We're from Punjab. <laughs> so underrated. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go and watch Bend It Like Beckham. This is the official sponsorship of the 25-year anniversary or however long it's been. 
too long. Do you, do you feel like growing up besides David Beckham, did you know any daikons in sport or any women that were rumoured to be queer? In sports, no. To be completely honest with you, like, absolutely no one. I think that there was, like, a few times where I was quite hopeful. But, no, I mean, to be honest, I think back, like, when I was growing up, I, it was mainly just, like, I mean, in England, it was mainly, like, male sports that kind of dominated. And so I wasn't super interested in sports anyway. And I did really like football. Like, I went, I had a season ticket for Reading to watch them every weekend. So I knew all of the players on the Reading team. Mm. And I didn't really know any women, like, other than, like, Serena Williams and stuff like that. Yeah. So, Casey, why do you think that certain types of sports are important to queer life and the LGBTQ plus community? Um, this is a very leading question. <laughs> um, it's because I'm the top. <laughs> it's a very good direction. Thank you. No problem. Well, look, from what I've heard, I guess there's there's a lot of fun stuff that happens off field <laughs> in these sports games. So probably the team sports is where you'll find the action. Because I didn't find any in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what about you? Do you think that there's something that something in particular that draws women to these sports? I mean, if you ask me like why I would be drawn to certain sports, it would definitely be like, well, if I got to watch footballers run around in little shorts and like push each other and be a little bit aggressive with each other and then be like super sweet to each other the next minute, then that is definitely something that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. But in like general kind of terms, I think that it just comes back to that kind of the impression that people have that lesbians are like men or like more masculine. And so they would do mm. more masculine things like sports and lifting and, you know, physically speaking, like they're more like we are more muscular. We are more like manly in our everything. So or more butch, whatever. So maybe it's that. It could also be just that like it's a couple of hours every weekend where you spend just with women. Yeah. I mean, it's true. You get to hang out with a group of friends who sometimes become more than friends, from what I've heard. Yeah, actually, it's a, it's a good point that it that it could. I mean, at least there's a little bit of a community there, and maybe you don't fit in in other places, or you don't feel like you fit in in other places. But when you go and play on a team, you fit in because you're a part of the team, you know. And so it's a nice atmosphere and it's a nice kind of energy to have around you. Yeah, totally. And like you said, there's less there's less pressure to perform femininity when you're playing sports yeah it's true so you can be like rough and rough and ready and hmm. aggressive sporty etc yeah very very interesting um points of view that we have i think speaking of where the fun action happens do you want me to tell you a few fun numbers about the fifa that just happened i think i would love that actually so look i don't know about you but i suddenly got really into football this year when the <laughs> fifa world cup was happening yes yes look it was co-hosted by Australia so that was already something to be to feel connected mm -hmm. to help me feel connected to the game and Australia did do really well they so did I was proud. also very impressed I have to say yes thank you yes yes well done Matildas I actually re um, watched recently the Matildas documentary which was on Disney Plus oh yeah uh, highly recommend very okay. excellent they did like eight episodes where they followed a few of the mm -hmm. players 
and gave a bit of their backstory. And like 90% of the players on that team are queer in like healthy, happy relationships. It was really nice to see. And I was a bit disappointed because after FIFA, my woman of every match was Mackenzie Arnold, <laughs> aka the brick wall. Of course, she was <laughs> fucking insane, man. She was so good. It's just tall, beautiful, strong, so talented. Everything you want. But she wasn't actually featured in the documentary. Not at all. No, because she was a last minute entry oh, into sure. the World Cup team. So they featured the other goalkeeper. But that's okay. That's okay. She still had oh, 100% stuff she well, had so. interesting stuff. I mean, it, right. maybe she I could don't... have her own documentary as the brick wall. I mean, maybe she to could. be honest, when the when the World Cup was on, <laughs> all like all I saw online was just Mackenzie Arnold everywhere, like memes of her and like a brick wall and being like, which one's stronger? And like all of this, like, it was just it was such <laughs> good quality stuff. So um, her own documentary would be, I would, it would be fascinating. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I have some stats for you. As I said, there's so in the FIFA, there are Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. There are 32 teams, and in those teams, there are currently around about 100 openly LGBTQ plus wow. players, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good stat. Mm-hmm. Australia is the most publicly LGBTQ team with at least 10 out athletes. That is insane. I'm, I don't know if I'm surprised or not, but like, it's just fucking great. I apologize ahead of what I'm about to say, but like Australia isn't very well known for its uh, football thing. Not like soccer, football. For this, I don't like this World Cup. I hadn't even heard of like the Australian team. I didn't even realize that Australia was in the cup. So to have it not only host the, the World Cup, but also the team to do so fucking well, like, the players were insane, man. Also, yeah, all day. Exciting. So pretty fucking cool. Very exciting. And yeah, just behind Australia, there's Brazil and Ireland, which both have nine out players. Oh. And then Sweden has number eight. I was personally very shocked that the Swedish goalkeeper is not gay. She also had strong vibes, but maybe I don't want to see what she off. looks like. Now. I'm just going to give me one second. Oh, yeah, she looks super gay. And at least eight out of the 32 captains are also queer. It's a very good statistic. It's funny, actually, you saw, because we didn't actually, I think, I don't even think that we watched one match together. Oh, we watched, we did watch one. Ah, yeah, we did. The other incredible thing for me about this World Cup was the, somebody had created this, like, L word chart, like an Alice Piazeki L word chart of, all of the queer players in the FIFA World Cup and had (laughs) and like made these little links and it was this chart that like moved like you could click on the thing and it would like wobble or whatever it did and like she had really gone in taking the time to research all of these players oh who who were they rumored to be with who who are they now with (laughs) whatever 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 and it, you just saw all of these like interconnections and it was insane. It was so good. So like, I remember that I, I was watching the game with some friends and as the players were popping up on the screen, we would go on the, the chart and look them up and see who they'd slept with or who they'd been rumored <laughs> to be with. It was, it was so great. Yeah. Who their exes were. Like, the, the great thing is as well <laughs> is like sometimes they would play the, their exes, obviously. And so, like, you could see the tension on the field. Mm. It was incredible. We love it. 
it, it really took it to the next level. Legend. Whoever made the bravo. Absolutely. Do that no, you wouldn't. for the men's. I mean, that's also because gay male players there. That's another topic. So also this year at FIFA, Canada had their first transgender player to take part in the World Cup. Um, the, The Canadian player, Quinn, who is, so they're the first openly transgender and non-binary athlete to win an Olympic gold medal, which happened at the 2020 Olympics. And then this year they were playing with um, the World Cup team. So that's pretty exciting. Some nice progression. Very good progression. Yeah. So I would say FIFA was definitely the queerest event that we've had this year. Uh, 100%. I think it's been the the queerest sporting event that's Mm. happened in many years. And the nicest thing, I think, at least for me, was that, like, it was so popular with the entire population Mm. everywhere that it wasn't just women or, like, queer people that were interested. It was men it was like adults it was kids it was everyone and their grandma was just like super Mm. interested in it which is really really nice and and also like when everybody's so included like that and you get to like go to the bar or go wherever watch the game with your friends and stuff just creates such a nice ambience you know like everybody's saying nice things it doesn't necessarily have like the aggression that the male games have especially when England are playing like there's always this kind of aggression that you feel from the fans and they're like oh like there's a lot of swearing involved of like oh you like should have done this fuck mm. you and there was none of that like at the the, the women's games like it was just very supportive mm. very inclusive all the way yeah through. it was really good and a lot of the women were saying you know like i'm so proud to be here at fifa representing my country because you know some young girl is going to watch this and think that she can do this but actually it was exciting for me too as mm. like a 30 year old woman watching these watching these women yeah. and, and to be just to experience that joy of meeting up with a group of friends to watch a sports game at the pub on the weekend. It was like, it was nice. I, yeah. can, I can understand why the men like doing this. <laughs> and just to, I don't know, it's just a really nice way to spend your time and everybody's just so excited more than anything else. Yeah, and just feel the excitement of watching all this talent yeah. in and front of you. Honestly, the, the quality of the playing was fucking Top notch. So good. Um, So I know that you, we have both done our research on a particular player of our choice um, and you have chosen Mm -hmm. Megan (laughs) Rapino. Yes, I have. Tell me, tell me what you found out. Tell me all about her. Okay. So let's start with the facts. Megan Rapino is American. She was born on the 5th of July. So she's a cancer. (laughs) She's 38 years old. Brilliant. She made the bold decision in 2019 to dye her hair pink the day before she left for the Women's World Cup in France. This, I will note, this was very much against the um, support of her girlfriend, who has since changed her mind. <laughs> Just important. She has since had blue, purple, green, and is now back to bleached blonde hair while she decides what to do next. Okay, so she has five siblings, one of whom is her twin sister, Rachel. Uh, she's 5'7", so she's about the same height as me. <laughs> Solid information. <laughs> Just for a point of reference. So she's been in a relationship with Seattle Storm basketball player Sue Bird since 2017. They've been engaged since 2020, but 
taking their time on the next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, they met during a photo shoot at the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. Mm. Um, apparently, they were like posing to pose like the two, I don't know, the teams were together. And one of them said to the other, like, oh, good luck with the game. And the only response that she could come back with was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I'll take it. I'll take it on board. <laughs> so they were like, it was a very, very awkward first day, first meeting. Yeah. But okay. they made it past that, and now they're engaged. So that's very exciting. Congratulations. Um. Yes, so Rapino was featured in Out magazine in 2012, which was her public coming out as a lesbian. But for Bird, it was 2000, 2017 was the first time she publicly spoke about her sexuality, when she responded to a like some reporter's question, she responded, I'm gay, I'm dating Megan Rapino," And now they're very public about being very proud of each other and they've learned how to play each other's game, like how to watch each other's games. They know all the rules and they're very cute. They're just very cute lesbians. So Rapino has played soccer for pretty much all of her life. Um, her dad coached her until she got to high school. She played all through university. I went on to become professional. She started training with... USWNT, US Women's National Team, in 2006. Every time I see that on, like written down, I just read it as you swooned. <laughs> as you were saying it, I was like, I swooned. So she joined a swint in 2006, um, but due mm-hmm. to injuries, she didn't really play on the international stage until the 2011 FIFA World Cup. Uh, and then in 2016, her name became even more known when she became the first white professional athlete to kneel during the national anthem. And she did this in support of Colin Kaepernick, um, who was an NFL player at the time, but he got kicked out of the game that year when he took the knee during the anthem in protest of police brutality and racial injustice. Yeah. So it was a pretty like swift response. Bold, bold move to, to make as well. Very bold move to support her, to support him. And the response that she got was death threats and career punishment. Like even her family got calls about it, like really violent and aggressive. And people said people would call up her mum. Strangers would call up her mum and just tell her bullshit about how much, how disappointed they were in Rapino. That's so horrible, Um, especially to get the family involved for something that really is not it doesn't even matter it's such a stupid thing to be so upset about it was a really personal response and even in terms of the game the u.s soccer released a statement it was a very vague statement but everybody knew what they were talking about and they were saying that they have certain expectations for their players rapina was told not to dress for the two games that followed that one Really? She was benched. And then according to Rapino, um, as so according to Rapino, as quoted in a Time article, mm-hmm. coach Jill Ellis blamed the benching on her fitness, which is probably not true. In early 2017, so still a year later, Rapino was left off the roster completely for the annual She Believes Cup held in the US. So terrible. I can't believe that they do that. It was a pretty dramatic response and all just because she – like I say, just, but all because she knelt during the during the national anthem. This is, it's just, it's such a shame because there's a lot of people that could learn a lot of lessons from things like that. Mm. And it's a way that we could really 
like move past and move on and move forward from all of this shit, like all of this stuff and become just more inclusive and like caring about everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Would have been really shit as well. I mean, for the fact that she wasn't able to play. Yeah, totally. It's very, like, very sad response. Did she receive any backlash from like coming out? There doesn't seem to be anything about yeah. that. Um, I don't really think, she, I kind of feel like she didn't really give people room to respond, but I think she's also good that they can't afford to be annoyed, like have feelings about her sexuality. That's just my couch psychology. Mm. Uh, armchair psychologist Casey. Over here. I do have psychologists. <laughs> I do need one of those. Anyway, so back to the story. People like me who don't follow football religiously know her name because she's a pink-haired lesbian dating another famous sports Ooh. player. And because she led the successful charge for the equal pay in soccer. So let me tell you, in March 2020, US soccer filed a brief arguing against equal pay on the basis of men being stronger, faster and bearing more responsibility in their role. Okay. So I read this and I was like, let me just double check. Let me just take a moment here to look at the facts of the men versus women pay difference. The United States has been the most dominant team at the Women's World Cup, winning four titles in the first eight editions of the tournament. So they won 1991, 1999, 2015, and 2019. The U.S. women's national team, has reached at least the semifinals (laughs) in all eight Women's World Cups until they crashed out in the last 16 in 2023. Very sad. Very sad. But that was because of that Swedish goal player who's not yet gay. Um, So I looked at that and then I asked Google, has the U.S. men's team ever won a knockout match at the World Cup? The answer was no. The U.S. men have never won the World Cup and have not advanced beyond the quarterfinals in over 90 years. Also, just watch the Beckham documentary and we know for a fact U.S. men's soccer is shit. Even David Beckham left after few weeks. Yeah, even David Beckham said, nah, fuck this, you guys are all shite. Okay, so just to recap, U.S. soccer filed a brief arguing against equal pay on the basis of men being stronger, faster, and bearing more responsibility in their roles. It's, it's wow. insane. So they won their, they won their case um, recently. And this year they were paid, they were given equal pay. Um, but they have they have an agreement to have equal pay up until 2028, I think. Yeah, because 2029, honestly. It's, it's going to be the men's year. 2029 is the men's year. Yeah, 100%. Like They are going to be fast and, and strong and manly. So the FIFA World Cup, i.e. the biggest lesbian event of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> The decade, let's be honest. Was Rufino's final year before she goes into retirement. But she's now using her platform to talk about trans issues. Where the article said, would Rufino embrace a transgender woman in the US women's soccer team, even if that woman took the place of someone assigned female at birth? And her response was, absolutely. You're taking a, in quotation marks, real woman's place. That's the part of the argument that's still extremely transphobic. I see trans women as real women. What you're saying automatically in the argument, you're sort of telling telling on yourself already, is you don't believe these people are women. Therefore, you're taking the other spot. I don't feel that way. Which I, I really liked as an argument. It's like turning straight away the actual, like 
the transphobia within the question of like yeah. these women are not real women but it's it's really nice that she that she did react in that way i mean it's, it's really nice that she challenged the reporter as well yeah and that she's using her platform in this way to talk about so many different issues it's sure. it's nice to see so in her retirement rapino and recently also retired sue bird have started a content studio a touch more it's uh, basically a very celebrity doing something to look busy kind of website with very hot couple photos of them holding hands and holding rotary phones and stuff like that but let's see what they do with it i mean maybe it's just so that they don't like kind of get lost like after the hype and like their career has been like steadily increasing as it kind of went on mm. and now they don't want to lose that so they're finding other ways to to help within the the lgbtq plus community anyway that's um that's the wrap up of megan rapino and her career and what she does with it so it was very nice so i think now we're going to move away from uh football listen we're swapping out the balls so <laughs> Um, I am, I have done a little bit of research into tennis slayer, Amelie Moresmo, who, when I was doing research on her story, I was just, I was really interested because, I mean, she's a pretty ballsy girl. I'm not going to lie. So, um, she is a tennis player, Mm -hmm. was playing in 1999 at the Australian Open at age 19. And Basically, she won a match against a top-ranked player, Lindsay Davenport. And once the match finished, she leapt into the arms of her then-girlfriend and announced that her success had to do with finding love and coming to terms with her sexuality. Oh, wow. Which was not planned. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody knew that this was going to happen. It was just a spare-of-the-moment kind of decision. And even in interviews after that, she had said, like, okay, actually... Like maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. Amelie Moresmo has proven herself on the tennis court. She reached a number one ranking in 2004. She's twice been a semi-finalist at Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. She has 17 career titles and has reached the semi or quarterfinals at the US Open four times. In 2009, she announced that she was retiring from the sport at age 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she began coaching. Um, so she retired in 2009. And then in 2014, she began coaching Andy Murray, one of the best players in the world. She's also the first female to coach an elite male player, which has definitely had its controversies. She coached him all the way to the men's final in the Australian Open. And at the when he reached there, he actually felt the need to defend his choice of having a woman, like a female coach. Um, so a quote of his is, a lot of people criticize me for working with her. And I think so far this week, we've showed that women can be very good coaches as well, which actually is very nice with, I mean, at least I would think that with a lot of the male players and stuff that they'd be very, men have to do this and men have to do that, whatever. But it's really nice to show him kind of paving the way. I've seen a quote of him where somebody was like, oh, you're the first person to win so many trophies. And he was like, oh, no, actually, Serena Williams has won more. Yeah, it's yeah. him. And uh, yeah, it's him. He's actually, he seems like such a sweet, like genuine guy. So it's, it's really nice. The fact that he uh, he sticks up and he tells reporters like, what the fuck are you on about? It's good. Um, so that is where she's at right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is so she did receive some kind of scorn for coming out. Martina Hingis another uh, like mm. tennis uh, player 
who called mm. her half a man. And Lindsay Davenport claimed that Moresmo played like a man. So yeah, so she got basically a lot of people were criticizing of her physical physicality. Um, and so that they basically were all hitting back and saying she's so good because she's built like a man. So Hingis then denied what she'd said, but it was caught on tape. So she couldn't mm. really deny it that much. Mm. And then Maresmo dim- dismissed all of the comments as just saying they were just a bit stupid, um, which I 100% agree with. But unlike Martina Navratilova and mm-hmm. Billie Jean King, Amelie Moresmo did not lose any of her sponsorships oh, from wow. Nike, Dunlop, Babola, and um, mm. she she managed to keep them, uh, which I think is, I mean, it's it's fucking the fact that she came out in 1999 as well, a long time ago, like that's a really really big deal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think that it's just a really interesting story because at the age of 19, like she was playing tennis and she was obviously very good uh just the way that she woke up that morning she just wanted to come out um or didn't even maybe didn't even think about it but just after the match was just so excited that the first Mm. thing she wanted to do was go and like celebrate with her partner um yeah I feel like it also says a lot about her like her inner state of mind at the time like she was probably in her inner circle she was so comfortable and confident in her sexuality that she didn't even think that it could be an issue. I mean, after she did say in a, in a press conference, like, maybe I shouldn't have done it like that, but at the end of the day, that's what happened. She got like a, got a, sort of a strong sense of self, yeah. Like, strong confidence within herself um, and, like, doesn't give a fuck about what people think. Uh, that, mm. that Those kind of people make the best uh, rumbles. Mm. Um, and I mean, tennis has has a lot of queer stars, actually. Um, mm. I mean, I already mentioned there, like Billie Jean King, for example, mm. um, which is uh, which is wonderful. Anyway, um, so yeah, she had a wonderful career. Okay, so thanks for sharing all that information about Emily Marismo. I've never actually heard of her before. We'll also add some links to a few of the other interesting articles that we found. Um, maybe including a word chat. Um, I hope that this person continues to update it because there's a new um, football game happening soon, EUFA or something like this, European. The UEFA. 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 Yeah. yeah, well, anyway, I hope this person updates the chat so that I can correctly watch the UEFA. And know where your lesbians are at. <laughs> and know where my um, lesbians are. <laughs> and who's been dating um, I mean, it's it's definitely information that everybody needs. Uh, and I think that once you've put that much effort into creating something so incredible, you can't really stop it there. Incredible. Did you know, actually, have you heard of there's a bar in the US that opened maybe two years ago mm. that um, where they only play women's sports because the owner, who is a um, lovely queer woman, said that she was sick of looking... Like, like every pub that I go to only shows men's sports. So she opened her own bar that only plays women's sports. So if there's no women's sports on TV, there's nothing on TV. The TVs are black. I mean, like, that's pretty insane, actually. Like, if you, you don't like what you what you see out there, so you just create it yourself. <laughs> it's good. More people need to do this. Do you know what she called it? 
It's incredible. Mm. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question. Imagine one day you find yourself in Portland at Sports Bra. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching a game of tennis. Yeah. Um, and you see somebody across the bar. You want to make a move. What would you say? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, I would turn to her and I would just say, is your name love? Because I think we might have a match. <laughs> so I had another one as well. Okay, uh, you can you can score the points tonight, so I can be in love. <laughs> Ooh, nice one's better. You like that one? Yeah, that's a nice one. I like the second one better. Okay, so uh, we've unfortunately come to the end of our episode. Um, don't be too sad. We'll be back next week. Uh, but if you have enjoyed this episode, then please feel free to rate and review. That would be a very, obviously, if you're going to rate, like rate as five stars, yeah. Um, but that would be very, very helpful to everybody that's trying to find uh, podcasts uh, in this genre. Um, mm -hmm. And if you have any questions or if you want to suggest any topics or anything like that, then please feel free to send us an email at dikelicious.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can message us at Instagram at dikelicious underscore podcast. Um, and yeah, uh, we'd like to say a big thank you to our producer, Maria. Yeah, it was a good topic. I had fun researching. Me too. So we'll be back next week with uh, more queer content. And uh, in the meantime, I hope you're having a very gay day. Yes. Yes. Bye. Take it off.